but to be honest I think you know education is a huge part of this and as much for women as for anybody else it's a subject that very much has just not been talked about at all it's really been seen as a taboo Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive uh, and welcome to a new series I've been doing on uh, entitled HR Challenges Faced by SMEs. Well, we're talking to HR professionals that will provide you with insights and pragmatic solutions to help you. And today I have the pleasure of Victoria Thompson on the show. Uh, welcome, Victoria. Good morning, Julian. Nice to see you. Good to see you. And you are the owner of Ambridge HR, a full-service HR consultancy. Yes. And um, I like your your strap line is shining a light through the fog of HR. Um, and so you are there to help bring clarity and help uh, to uh, SMEs. And you've had over, over 20 years uh, working in HR and, and obviously mm-hmm. only, only your business. So lots of experience, lots of expertise. And today we will be exploring menopause in, in the workplace, uh, thinking about policies, how to think about it on a day-to-day basis, uh, what does it mean, uh, and why we should take this seriously uh, in our organisations. But before we get there, first I want to ask is, that what do you love about what you do, Victoria? Um, well, what I really love, actually, is being able to help businesses um, very much in, as you say, that fog of HR. It, it really is a bit of a legal minefield out there. And it can be very easy for businesses, albeit unwittingly, to land themselves in hot water um, if they don't properly understand what the implications of HR can can have on their business. So being able to provide that shining light for them and to very much kind of um, handhold them through any processes to be able to give them options um, quite often businesses come to me because they feel that they don't have any options, that often employment legislation is there to work against them. Um, and and it's not, actually. If you understand it properly and you know how to apply it, then there are always options open to businesses. So for me, I love that opportunity to um, help problem solve for them and to find out what the problem is, what the end result is that they're looking for, and then give them those various ideas about how we get there, really. Yeah, I think people got to view HR a little bit more like that, that you can solve problems. Uh, you're not there just to sort of um, tell them that they're doing anything wrong, but actually no. you, you obviously use law and you bring that in as well, but mm-hmm. in terms of understanding and help them to navigate those challenges, perhaps they've made some mistakes or perhaps yeah. they weren't aware of things, uh, but I think yeah. that's really, really helpful. Um, so today we're, we're going to be talking about menopause, and again, that's a, a I say a relatively new area that's been it brought is. into the lights of, of yeah. the workplace. Obviously, it's not a new area in the sense of women have always had menopause. And mm. um, so, but it's bringing it into the workplace. And I just want to just set some context of, mm. of that before we, we talk about it. Um, 
I was reading, according to Professor Joe Brewis, co-author of the government report on menopause a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, she said menopausal women are the fastest growing workforce dynamic. So Absolutely. we really need to take note of that. Um, the average age for a woman to go through menopause is 51. However, a lot of the symptoms can happen way before that in the sort of perimenopausal sort of phase. Yeah. And um, they, they reckon three out of four women experience symptoms, uh, mm-hmm. one in four serious symptoms. Mm-hmm. And they reckon also one in three of the workforce will soon be over 50 and retirement ages are also now at 68. So yeah. it's a big thing to think about and a big concern. Yes. And I, I guess the first thing is, I guess, from your perspective, a quick definition on men- menopause, but and also what are the symptoms that we need to think, be aware of uh, that people that women may have? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a really big subject, and as you say, it's um it's beginning to get a bit more traction, and people are beginning to talk about it a bit more. But to be honest, I think you know education is a huge part of this, and as much for women as for anybody else, it's a subject that very much has just not been talked about at all. It's really been seen as a taboo. Uh, you know, you go right back to kind of school age, I suppose. And, you know, in biology, we were all taught about the reproductive cycles of various animals, humans included. But there is nothing about the end of a reproductive cycle for, for women that is taught at any stage of education, possibly unless you are a doctor. And even then, it can be quite difficult to get mm. um, perimenopause or menopause defined by a doctor. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of women who who have absolutely had that experience and have had real trouble in getting HRT prescribed because their GPs don't fully understand it or don't take into account the range of symptoms that that can be there. And the range of symptoms are huge. There are about 40, so I'm not going to go through every single one of them. I didn't realise there were so many. Yeah, they're a huge amount, but um, suffice to say that they affect women head to toe, mentally and physically, all aspects um, of of their lives that it affects and a lot of people think that um, the menopause is you know feeling a bit teary or a bit moody suffering from hot flushes but it's not always um, physical symptoms and it's not always easy for people to see or to understand what somebody might be going through and as you mentioned perimenopause can start up to 10 years before a woman goes through the actual menopause And that's a very long time (laughs) to be Mm. suffering symptoms which are changing, which are developing, which are getting worse. Um, And so, I mean, for doctors, it's quite difficult to try and and define it because then it might be something else. And so obviously any other health concerns need to be ruled out first. But um, but then if it is actually the menopause, then, then it's sensible for people to actually properly understand what all the symptoms are. They can track their symptoms. There are various apps that are out there. Balance is a really good one. Um, And, you know, there are sort of educational uh, documents on there as well. So people can actually educate themselves, find out what other women are experiencing um, and how to how to deal with it and how to talk to people as well so that you Mm. actually get support, which is the really important thing. And obviously, that's where, where businesses and employers can come into the equation as well to help with that support. Yeah, and it's interesting. We talk about education and awareness and, you know, we've had mental health over a number of years has yeah. become more of a, a awareness and a more of an, a, an insight in how to look after people and mm. care for people in the workplace for, from a mental health perspective. Yeah. 
I think I was shocked uh, when I, I watched that program by Davina McCall. I think it was sometime last year. Yes. On yeah, the menopause. And that was obviously a great awareness, great education, but of the mm-hmm. lack of awareness, even within the, the medical profession. Yeah. Uh, and that's what shocked me more. And it, and, it, and it's taking something that's so not known or not known. I know it's difficult sometimes to perhaps <laughs> diagnose it, but then something in the, in the context of a workplace of a layman how do you then do that? that? That's quite a challenge, isn't it? Even if doctors are not entirely sure neither. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, I mean, it would be it would be great if, if um, you know, there is a, a Women's Inequality Committee in Parliament now and they are working in lots of different ways in order for the menopause to become um, more talked about, more freely, with less shame and less embarrassment um, by women, but by employers as well, because it's, it's just mired in this sort of um, reputation, which is or has been very difficult to break down. So, yes, we, we absolutely need to get through that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, just people beginning to talk about it will will actually um, help with all of that as well. Definitely. So going from a I start with a, an employee's point of view and mm-hmm. you may be menopausal yourself. Um, how how can they, I suppose, talk about that, and what what are the first steps in that context within the workplace? Because again, that's a that's another tricky place, isn't it? And how you go yeah. about that? Because people don't go around telling people they've got some sort of mental health. They might say they've got some disability, yeah, which is a little bit more not as a taboo. How do we bring that into the context? And also, how do employers create an environment where it's okay to talk about it and mention it and share it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as as HR often tackles these issues, it's a good idea to have a policy <laughs> and to put one in place. Um, but it's not just about having a piece of paper and hoping that people will read that and it will just immediately sort of happen. Um, it, it doesn't work like that. It, it needs, first of all, for um, for that policy to be in place, but then it needs for the business to actually provide an environment that is um, actually sort of proactively then addressing and putting the policy into place. So it means that every woman who uh, is suffering is knows that she's able to go to her manager or to the business owner and for her personal situation to be handled sensitively and effectively because it does affect every woman in a different way. Um, there was one tribunal ca- case that went through not that long ago, actually, um, and... Uh, a woman did successfully claim in the tribunal for um, uh, uh, harassment and for discrimination because her boss uh, thought that her menopausal symptoms would be the same as his wife's based on on nothing at all, really. And so, uh, as you say, it can be very difficult for doctors to diagnose, but always in situations that involve anything to do with health, businesses need to include um, occupational health and actually make a referral to occupational health as well. Um, and that will at least recognise it as a health problem. Um, again, there have been tribunals that have been successfully claimed because uh, women have been managed out for a performance issue. And although the menopause might be affecting their work, it's because of a health issue. And it's very it's very difficult, but very important that businesses make that difference as well. Um as you say, on the back of Davina McCall and various other female celebrities who have spoken about it more openly in recent years, ACAS actually put in some legislation um, towards the end of last year, December in 2021, 
to actually recommend that businesses put a policy, put a procedure in place and actually enable women to be able to talk about health issues. And that might mean that, um, you know, you can set up peer support within a business. So there can be an online chat room or maybe a real life person to person coffee session once a month where women can get together and know that they have peer support within a business. Um, it's also about training managers as well. As, as you say, you know, mental health and well-being, they've become big watchwords and people are, are much more open to um, recognising it and addressing it and supporting people in the workplace. Lots of businesses now have um, a mental health first aider and typically addressing, recognising the menopause um, comes under the training for a mental health first aider. So mm. that's that's something very easy that, that businesses can actually um, implement and, and then use as support as well. Um, and uh, you know they can they can link in menopause policies to a well-being policy or health and safety as well. It's important that businesses do actually carry out risk assessments when women come to them to say these are my symptoms, just to make sure that actually the business isn't contributing to any of those symptoms mm. or the problems as well. Because you know you you mentioned disability for gender or for age or you know for a disability and at the moment the menopause um is not recognized as a protected characteristic in some ways that other disabilities are however that conversation has begun um and it's being debated in in parliament and we shall wait and see. I don't think it will be that long until we see that change coming about. You know, if you look at the um, definition for disability in the Equality Act, then it defines that somebody is disabled if they have a physical or a mental impairment mm. that has a substantial and a long term negative effect on their ability to do normal daily activities. I mean, the menopause, it definitely does. <laughs> Perimenopause and menopause, you know, it's it definitely falls under the heading of, of disability. So we shall wait and watch with interest and, and see what happens. But that is creating problems, well, problems, debates within itself, mm. I suppose, because tribunals are not being consistent in their approach towards cases which are citing menopausal symptoms as a reason for unfair dismissal. Um, because it's it's not defined in law yet as actually being a disability. But, you know, is that a risk that a business wants to take? Um, you know, mm. they might have a judge who finds in favour or they might not. But, um, but you know, it, it's definitely a risk. And I think uh, what businesses need to be really aware of is that um, now this issue is getting more airtime and people are getting involved with the conversation Um tribunals have trebled in the last few years for women successfully claiming on mm. dismissal um and i think it you know it's something we're going to see on the increase so it's it's important that businesses now start um educating themselves and their managers um and just providing that kind of open conversation um mm. and and just having just just by having a policy in place just says to women we recognise that, that this is something that needs to be addressed and and we recognise that because at the moment it's just swept under the carpet like it doesn't mm. exist. And so and just, just going back to that, that policy, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and that's a really good place to start, mm. um, where I find 
does that policy take in the consideration is it the symptoms that you may think you have menopause because mm-hmm. a lady may have gone to the doctors and the doctor's not diagnosed her mm-hmm. or they're going through the perimenopause um mm-hmm. which my wife is going through and having all the various brain fog hot nights all that type of thing going on yeah um, and there could be those 40 other symptoms that are okay. very different yeah how, how do well how do employers employees navigate that mm-hmm. because if you've got no diagnosis as, as such, yeah, what happens there? What what are the, I guess, the pragmatic, practical mm-hmm. outworkings of that of helping an organisation if they've got a policy in place because they they they've mm-hmm. talked to you, they've got a policy in place. Yeah. How does that work when somebody comes and is it from a diagnosis or is it from symptoms? How does that work? Because it for me feels a bit bit grey sort of thing. Yes, it is a bit grey, and this is what's causing um, the the problems at the at the moment and why as I say, inadvertently, employers can end up falling foul of the law because they they aren't quite sure what to do. And I think particularly at this stage, when it, it's beginning to be talked about a bit more, a policy can be as educational for the employee as it can for the employer, to be honest. So I think it's helpful to include some of those symptoms um, within uh, the policy so that mm that individuals can look out for them themselves um, to put in links to various websites and apps like the balance app I mentioned where women can start tracking their own symptoms if they think there's something there. Um, if they're if they're not sure and but they think it, it might be affecting their work, they can go to their employer who can say, we can refer you to occupational health. Have you been to your GP? Have you ruled out um, the fact that it might be anything else? It's about being supportive because, as you said, you know, we're, unless you're a medical professional, you, you can't diagnose what it is. So it's rather than trying to diagnose it, um, it's better to try and provide that supportive environment, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it can be very easy for, for businesses to implement some things as well, you know, particularly for the physical effect like the hot flushes, etc. Then it might just be as simple as somebody putting in a flexible working request to say, please, can I sit near an open window? Or please, can I have a fan on my desk that helps reduce these symptoms? Or would it be all right if I sat under the aircon unit, which blows cold air on me all day long? Mm-hmm. You know, that sometimes they're not very difficult um, changes that, that that can be put in place by employers to really make a positive difference, actually. And so if you're a line manager and you've got a lady and you're – you're thinking she might be going through a perimenopause, right? Mm, yeah. Um, obviously, ha- and obviously you see her perhaps struggling with things or finding it difficult or whatever it may be you're seeing mm. and and you've got a policy in place. Yeah. What are the ways of going about that? Because obviously it, that can be quite a difficult, sensitive area uh, to, yeah. to tackle, especially if the, if the lady perhaps has not said anything or come mm. to you or will they come to you, particularly if you're a man potentially, maybe a bit more Absolutely. difficult. Yeah. So what what would be the way as a as an organization how you might handle that if you're a line manager? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's always um it's always a good idea just to sit down with somebody and just go out for coffee with them, make it less formal. You don't always have to have these meetings in the office necessarily or face well, face to face is better, definitely, but it can be in a less formal environment. Um and often employers or business owners get very concerned that they can't or shouldn't talk about anything personal with an individual because 
employment law is out to get them. <laughs> and that's not always the case. You know, the first stage of any process is to try to deal with it informally. It's a lot less stressful for everybody. And, and nine times out of 10, it can be resolved in an informal way. So, and as you say, if it's some, lots of people just find talking about their health quite embarrassing anyway. So if it's affecting somebody's work, then it gives you a good place to start. Mm. Or if it's their attitude or their conduct in the office, a lot of people find that it really affects their moods and they could be happy as Larry one minute and crying the next for no reason, you know, even known to them. So if it's either affecting their work or it's affecting other people around them because of their behaviour, then you immediately have a basis that you can just have a chat with them and sit down and say, look, I have noticed that either this aspect of your work or your demeanour in the office tell me what's going on, what's happening with you at the moment. Um, is it something mm. at work? Is is it something at home? Do you want to talk about it if you don't want to talk to me? Is there somebody else in the office you'd feel comfortable? Or, you know, if you've got a mental health first aid that say, you know, I'd like you to have a chat with them, talk about what's going on or, you know, and, and if they, you know, if they seem like the right kind of age, <laughs> we're talking about women from you know, maybe late 30s upwards who are starting to suffer from perimenopause, you know, you can say to them, you know, have a look in the handbook, have a look through the, the, the health and safety section or the wellbeing section or the family friendly section, wherever you want to put that menopause policy in and say to them, you know, have a look through and there are pointers and places you can go to for help and, and see if, you know, if, if that's useful. You know, if we can do anything, if it is a health related issue, we can refer you to occupational health. Have a think about it. Come back to me in the next couple of days and let's talk again. You can just have a really easy conversation. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be this is the policy. We must go through stage one, two, three. Mm. Um, you know, yes, you can ask, always escalate things after that. But informal is the best way to approach it to start with. And I guess it's it's, it's almost rather than assuming it's menopause because it could be something else it that could be triggering yeah. it is almost yeah. use that the behavior you've noticed or you've noticed their work go down or whatever it may be you've noticed yeah. to, um, to understand what's going on behind that actually is the is the way in because it could be something it's a good. mental health issue as opposed to menopause yeah. or it just could be a, I don't know, a bereavement at home or something like that something exactly. that yeah. triggered something yeah yeah it absolutely could and just giving them that opening to to have the conversation um is is the most important thing to do that's the starting point really and then, and then they can raise it and and you can help support them through it and point them in the right direction and give them the support offer flexible working requests so that you know maybe they might want to you know if they're coming in on public transport to work for instance and they're crammed into a hot and sweaty train every morning that's not going to help with the hot flashes so uh you know people can or businesses if they're able to they can accommodate working hours start slightly later finish slightly later in order to avoid rush hour um so yeah it's just about it's just about chatting chatting through the options and seeing seeing how best the business can be supportive really it's sort of coming from the the angle of almost that well-being approach isn't it to your employees and trying to care for them no matter what Mm -hmm. and then having some ideas of what may be causing these sort of concerns um having clear policies clear steps and support and i guess almost signposting as well to try and support them because i guess once somebody's said that it's going through a menopause 
mm-hmm. and you know you've got a policy and a supportive and you put them in they want to be near a window or mm-hmm. changing the way they they operate in terms of time they come in um there are some sort of practical things are there any other things that might help menopausal sort of women in the workplace in terms of support um i think it's really kind of to do with just train it's training really it's that education and training piece so um it, and that's that's why kind of the policy is the first place. So, you know, any line managers training that you do, it's important to include the well-being and the health and safety piece and to raise menopause as part of that as well. I think, um, you know, it's 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 tricky at the moment because so many businesses don't have anything in place. So because they don't have anything in place, women don't know who to go to or how to raise a subject at all. So that's dangerous because it leads businesses to think, oh, this is this is a problem I don't have. I don't know what she's talking about. But it's worth noting, actually, just um, some research that was done uh, last month, actually, um, by the Women's Inequalities Committee, which um, showed that only one in 10 women of perimenopausal or menopausal um, age are putting in for flexible working requests. So that's 90% of women who aren't. So that just you know it signifies that there are a lot of women in the workplace as you said right at the beginning it's the fastest growing age group within the workplace mm-hmm. so you know if if any business is employing women over the age of about 30 and it can affect women younger than that so basically if they're employing any women at all then mm-hmm. menopause is a subject that absolutely already exists within their business and just because they haven't heard about it doesn't mean that people aren't being affected but it, it is definitely affecting their work. It is affecting the business at the end of the day. Mm. And to ignore it is just opening the business up to potential risk. So just to sort of finish, really, <clears throat> it, what would be the top three things? If, if you were a business right now, you've got no policy, mm. you're sort of aware of menopause, but not 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 in this sort of um, level. Yeah. What should they be doing now? What, what would be the takeaways for them right now to go away? Yeah. So I think the takeaway is, as you've done yourself, is read a bit around the subject and just familiarise yourself with what the symptoms are, um, what the uh, what the statistics are showing at the moment, that the growing number of, of women in the workplace of the, the menopausal age, and to actually look at putting a policy in place, but not just having a piece of paper and hoping that that will solve it. Um, it's put the policy in place train your managers, educate your staff, and be prepared to talk to your staff as well. You know, all managers should be having regular one-to-ones with their staff. Um, And if you are, then that's when you notice a change in somebody's behaviour or a drop in their performance levels. And that's, that's what gives people the opportunity to actually raise it as well. So I would say, yeah, educate yourself, put a policy in place, and then help bring that policy to life by bringing in your managers and educating your staff properly. Yeah, that's important. I mean, I'm, I'm a trustee of Food Bank, and we've recently uh, put in place a menopause policy, Great. Uh, which is which is good. But it, it's then making sure that that's uh, cascaded. And it's not a huge organisation, but certainly cascaded to everybody, and and mm. and then every employee knows about this and is aware of it. Uh, so it's a <clears throat> it's a good place to start. But as you say, educate yourself. And look to ways like any policy, bring it to life, isn't it? It's not about yeah. just having a policy, oh, there, I'm protected yeah. now, I've got a policy. Actually, yeah. 
you've got to bring that to life and how that might work out uh, and, yeah. and, and be living in the organization. Um, I found this uh, topic fascinating, Victoria, and uh, really enjoyed your uh, insights and really help on how help organizations, obviously employees. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, because obviously you've got a, a wealth of uh, experience, but also quite a passion about this as well. Uh, how, how, might, how might they do that? Um, yes, absolutely. Well, they can find me via my website, which is ambridgehr.co.uk. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, so they can either find me under my name um, or the company name. And also uh, you can email me direct as well, which is hr.inquiries at ambridgehr.co.uk. And more than happy to talk more on this topic, um, how to introduce it into your business. Um, and then, as you say, help bring the policy to life or any other HR issues that um, businesses might be tackling and, and finding tricky at the moment as well. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, Victoria. Thank you for My your insights. Fun. Yeah, that's been great. Thank you very much. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.